0: Today, my very special guest is Jay Phantom. Listen in as he talks a little bit about the use of social media.
1: You have to show up on social media the same way you show up in real life. There is no difference. But what people do is they show up differently. They put on a face. They create a mask for the sake of follow followers. And that is the wrong way to live. That is a, an unhealthy way to live. And the reason why we have so many issues with, with mental health is that's one of the biggest reasons.
0: In today's interview, I have the pleasure of talking with Jay Phantom, the host of the incredibly successful The Story Box podcast. Jay is a persistent and passionate 25 year old entrepreneur award-winning filmmaker, speaker, and writer who works incredibly hard at being the best, authentic, honest, loving, kind, and excellent version of himself daily. Jay is the founder and host of The Storybox, a top four podcast in 2021. Jay and The Storybox have been featured in Forbes magazine, Business Insider, Yahoo, New York Weekly, The Los Angeles Wire, NBC, Fox, CBS, and MarketWatch, among many others. Since the beginning of the Storybox in November of 2019, Jay has had the privilege of unboxing stories of over 600-plus high-profile, world-class leaders from every field. These include Tony Robbins, Matthew McConaughey, Grant Cardone, Robert Kiyosaki, Sugar Ray Leonard, and many, many, many more. Jay... Welcome to the show.
1: Jules, thank you so much for having me. Apologies for the dog barking in the background. Thank you so much for having me and, and a real pleasure to be invited onto your show.
0: Jay, I'm a big fan of your podcast and I've been binge listening to a number of your shows lately and one thing I've noticed is the joy in your voice as you're guiding others to share their story. Where does your passion for stories come from?
1: Great question to start off with. Uh, I have always loved stories for as long as I can remember ever since I was a little kid growing up, you know, in a conservative Christian household, we weren't able to really watch movies. So those stories would be formed with books. So my mom would often read to us uh, every single night, a different book usually whether it was from the Bible or if there was like, I've got a couple of them in my bookshelf down below towards like character development, you name it. There's a couple of them that I still remember, Ricky Ticky Tavi, Uncle Tom's Cabin, uh, Charlotte's Web, for example, uh, the Rob- Swiss Family Robinson, Robinson Crusoe, all those classic tales. Uh, and then you know, I, I just fell in love with them. I fell in love with the the ability to just transform yourself into these new worlds and uh, these yeah these great characters as well. I mean, I used to imagine that I was uh, some of these Romans in the backyard. I used to you know play with with sticks and thinking they were swords so i guess i had this this vivid imagination from a young age and i was always curious too so i'd always never gone on well with kids my own age i'd always go to adults and ask them random and weird and wild questions and wanted to hear them speak like i didn't like doing most of the talking i love listening and that's part of i think enjoying stories is being able to listen to them and then also uh, towards my high school or even primary school life, I just absorbed so much books, like the information in books with timeless wisdom and knowledge. And I just, I just loved it, man. So um, the passion for, for stories didn't really, it hasn't left me ever since, you know, I'm, I'm still quite young at the moment. Uh, and I still love stories just as much as I did when I was a kid. Like it hasn't it hasn't changed over a period of time. In fact, I've gotten even more in love with uh, stories now and having doing what I do now, it's just ever more present. And uh, yeah, man, like I'm, I'm truly, truly amazed and blessed to be able to listen to so many different people's stories. And um, every single person is unique and there's no one story that is the same. We've all been on a different journey we've all got a story to share. I've got a story, you've got a story, Jules, and everyone's got one. So that's my my love is is being able to use other stories to help others too and say, "Look, let's come together and and let's listen to them and see what can see what can happen. Whatever you're struggling with, if I'm struggling, then the way we can go about healing that is through sharing stories." So that's really how I fell in love with stories if that answers
0: your question yeah no absolutely and I, i've just got this vivid image of you sort of sitting around a campfire or sitting sort of at the feet of your grandparents or you know just sitting there listening to to people tell their stories so jay you're, you're 25 yet your bio reads like you must have been busy since you you're a toddler um very <laughs> very impressive for for somebody your age so well well done Who or what have been the influences in your life that's inspired you to, you know, this drive in you to get things done?
1: Obviously, uh, firstly, my parents. So my mum and dad, they're both extremely hard workers. But I grew up in a household where, you know, sort of like lower middle class, like the very bottom of that. So life in the phantom household wasn't exactly easy early on. So I had to watch my parents you know, struggled to provide and put food on the table. My dad had to work two jobs just to put food on the table and to give us the essentials. You know, but we never went really without much. We always were given everything that we needed, which I appreciated and I uh, I love. But I saw the drive, I saw the 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 tenacity that they had. But also my grandfather and I take after him. Uh, so much so that he was a business-minded individual. He loved stories just as much as I did. Uh, he would research like there was no tomorrow, like he would just absorb all this information, whether it was from books, whether it was from courses. Uh, he did a 12month managerial course in uh, no, sorry, he did a three- year managerial course in 12 months it gave him a heart attack, but he did it and it was like around my age. Um, That was the kind of person that I was raised around. And I just remember all these stories of um, going back to my grandfather and just speaking with him. And he gave me so much profound wisdom, advice and knowledge. I mean, one particular time I was quite young, but I still remember this. We were he was trying to teach me how to build something with wood. So we used to go over to his place oftentimes and we used to spend time with them, which I love. And I'll forever hold those memories for as long as I live. But this one particular time he was trying to help me uh, form the ability to build something with wood. Sadly, I was not given that gift uh, that was passed down to my, my two brothers. I'm the different creative type. I like to say Uh, but I remember he was he was uh, showing me something, and I just said to him, "Grandy, can we can we just do this tomorrow? I mean, I want to go and watch uh, Cartoon Network and drink my pub squash and then eat a lot of junk food, and uh, that we used to do all the time." And uh, he just looks at me. He stops what he's doing. He, he just looks at me directly in the in the eyes, and he says, "Don't put off for tomorrow what can be done today." He said, "If you're going to continue to have this attitude of I, I'm going to do it tomorrow, then you just." forming the basis of laziness and you're never going to get anything done. He said, lazy people are the ones that continue to procrastinate. And I was like, damn, okay. <laughs> and I didn't want to upset my grandy. So that for me was like a light bulb just went off in my brain and something inside me changed and I am proud to say that I have never procrastinated in my life because every time that I go to procrastinate, that story comes up in my mind and I'm like, nah, I, I'm going to do a disservice to myself here if I do procrastinate. So that those are really my influences growing up with the kind of person that I am today and also uh, my own inner drive to want to live out my purpose and, and help others uh, reach their full potential and and do the very best in their life because I know how hard it was for me growing up so if i can if I can share my story all the advice that I' have been given then hopefully that may be able to help someone avoid all the anguish and all the pain that I had to go through along my journey.
0: Is your grandfather still with us?
1: He's not sadly he passed away when I believe I was eleven years old so Still fairly young, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I wish that he was still alive to this day.
0: What an incredible influence and incredible gift he's given you, though, because um, clearly it's, you know, put a fire in your belly and made you, you know, the person that you are. Um, it's it's incredible that, that, you know, just even that one sentence, possibly, I don't know if he told it to you many times over the years or whether it was literally just one one sentence that he uttered to you in that particular moment, but what a profound influence. And um, I'm sure he's looking after, looking over you and, and very, very proud of what you're doing today. So, uh, you know, you, your podcast mission, and I'm quoting from your website here, is to help anyone listening to realize their worth and reach their greatest potential in life. Is that what led you, you know, is this experience with your grandfather what led you to start this podcast?
1: Not quite. I mean, it's part of it, but I wouldn't say that it was the the catalyst for me to actually start it. I mean, uh, I originally started the Storybox back in uh, back in 2018. Actually, it was a very different design model. I had no idea what I was doing, and I uh, it was just basically me and a friend sitting down talking about movies because I had this amazing love, still do actually. And uh, desire to want to, you know, create movies and then uh, review movies, so that people might be able to, you know, I was that that individual that would go to a cinema, and I just talk throughout it. I'd be the annoying one <laughs> that did that, or even at home, I would sit and pick it to pieces. Um, and so I wanted to do that in sort of like a, a talkative way, because it'd be easier. Instead of like writing things down on social media, which was which was what I was doing, so I thought you know I listen to podcasts. It looks easy, so why not give it a go? And uh, didn't know that it was actually really time consuming. It was a lot of work, uh, and you had to be committed to it. And it basically it fell flat on its face within five episodes, and then I just went about my life uh, normally. You know, so I worked in. after school care, and did that for a period of time. Uh, my life was just sort of like coasting, you know. I didn't really have much direction in my life. Had no idea what my purpose was. If you would have asked me back then what it was, I'd be like, "Yeah, it was to be a filmmaker. That was the main sort of drive and purpose for me." But when that didn't happen, I was like, "Well, now what? Now who am I? What am I going to do with the rest of my life?" So I had no idea about that, and um, I was just yeah, once again coasting through my life and. Uh, got into a relationship that I thought was going to be for the rest of my life. And I was very much committed to that. Um, and, you know, in, in uh, January of 2019, I'm just fast tracking a little bit here. We had to put down our dog of, of 11 years. And that was the year that I like to call the year of sinking, uh, the year of not feeling like I was able to get to the surface for, for fresh air. I was just in this state of uh, confusion in my life. I hated living uh, as sad as that is for me to say. Um, And I was just utterly miserable. And I had started a new job in real estate and I was being abused in the job. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, but around halfway through of me being in that job, losing my dog, losing the relationship that I had cherished, and I had put all my worth and my identity into that I thought was my identity and worth, when that all ended, I ended too. Like I, I just completely uh, upended, uprooted myself from anything that I, I thought was was normal. And um, I I just like halfway through the year, I – got to the point where I was like, enough is enough. I'm tired of everything that's going on. And I, as hard as it is for me to to mention, but I will mention it for the sake of hopefully someone hears this and and gets inspired or is helped by it, that I I planned on ending my life and I attempted it. And it's an amazing story of how I was saved from that. But what I will say is that I got to the point where I thought that I wasn't worth living, that I attempted to take my own life, and that was ultimately selfish of me. And that's what it is. Uh, Suicide is a selfish act um, because you're you're leaving behind your friends, your family, to deal with the fact that you're gone. Um, And you may be out of pain here on earth, but your family isn't. They've still got to live with the fact And that's a pretty traumatic thing to actually live with. So, and I kept quiet about that. I didn't open up to anyone, didn't tell my mom, didn't tell any of my family members. I just kept it all inside and went about my life. Um, And then around the same time, I had a friend of mine message me on on social media because I had started doing like these movie reviews to try and get some sort of, normal normalcy in in my life and he dms me and he goes podcast question mark and i was like yeah i'd been thinking about it you know all that sort of stuff and then at the same time i also tried getting my film career off the ground i was lost man i was like this story may like be all over the place but that's the way it was it was um my my life was just all over the place really had yeah no direction so um Fast forward to around, uh, I think, August, around this time in 2019 that uh, I decided things weren't working out too well in real estate. So I decided to leave that uh, with no job prospects really outside of that. I had a, a great big debt on my shoulders that I had to, be, uh, had to honor. And um, so financially, wasn't a great decision. But And then at the same time, the business that I had started with uh, my friends in terms of film that also collapsed as well. So now I'm sort of in this limbo process of what do I do? Uh, and then that was when I had the wild idea of maybe starting up the Storybox 2.0. Didn't know once again what I was going to be, and I wasn't going to be committed to it unless I had that vision and that mission because I knew if I had that, then I wouldn't like let up on it. Uh, so anyway, I remember being in this job interview for a top recruitment company in Sydney, and the perks were wild, man. Like, and I knew that I would have done a fantastic job at that, at at that. Um, And I would have become very, very successful in the corporate field. Uh, And I just remember being in this, in this interview with the the CEO of the entire company. he asked me this one question. He goes, why do you want to work here? And I answered him immediately. And I said, I want to help people. And as I didn't realize in that very moment what that to the extent of what that meant until I went home that afternoon, until I got down on my knees and I, I asked God to to show me uh, what he wanted in my life. And he did not that, not long after, which was the basis of the mission for the story box, helping others realize their full potential. Cause what I realized was it was like this light bulb went off and a new one was put in its place. And that was, I had been through a crazy, crazy journey in my life. A lot of trauma, a lot of heartache, a lot of grief, and a lot of mental health problems. So how many people that I don't even know are going through the same things that I went through and they don't know that they can get out? They're stuck there. What if I can unbox the stories of people that from every field imaginable, what if I could share their story in a way that is different to that's been told before? What if I can do that? And if I can share it with the world and hopefully that they can hear it, they resonate with it and they get help by it. That's what the mission of the Storybox really became, helping people realize their worth, and reach their full potential through the power of stories because every story matters and it always will. So, I started it in November of 2019. Uh, no idea what I was doing at all, <laughs> friends and family. And it's just been this amazing roller coaster ride of ups and downs. And I'm just once again truly blessed to be able to do what I do today.
0: Jay that's an incredible story thank you for sharing it thanks for going so deep into that story too um I think you're absolutely right I think sharing your story and sharing other people's stories is how we survive as a as a culture as a as a society we've for thousands of years we've told stories and it's how we've passed on knowledge but it's also how we learn it's how we grow it's how we adapt um you know, I'm on the uh, on a similar journey from a storytelling perspective, where uh, you know I believe that telling good stories or continuing to tell your story and and sort of the craft of that helps helps in in more than one way. Whether it's at a personal level and an emotional level, at a psychological level, at a business level, um, that the power of stories is immense. And I applaud you for for telling that story. Um, and I know it will help people, those who manage to hear it, so thank you. You're, you're an incredibly prolific podcaster and, you know, off-air you also mentioned that, you know, you've written some books and some articles and, and other things as well. And, and I know how much effort goes into producing these podcasts. And you talked about filmmaking as another passion um, why do you think, why are you putting so much energy into the podcast? Do you think that's the right medium or has it just been a, a trial and error thing for you and this is where you've really sort of, you know, gained your stride, do you think?
1: Well, my my vision for the Storybox was really what, what it has become at the moment, obviously much bigger, much grander. You know, I had this naive thinking that, You know, my podcast was going to be bigger than Joe Rogan's one day and all that sort of stuff, which, you know, no doubt everyone has thought uh, when they first start their own podcast, but I started with no audience, literally just my friends and my family, which was not much at all. Like it's, I don't have a big family. I don't have a widespread friendship network, um, but I just, I, I had this drive and this inner urge to want to help. And I think people saw that from the very beginning and they wanted to, they believed in me. They believed in, yes, what I was doing, but also what the story box was about. And I think it's it's a timeless thing because stories are the essence of being human. Without stories would cease to be living, would be existing, but we wouldn't be living. Like, And that's what I think people love is having this ability to share their story on a safe place that they're not going to feel like they're judged. They're not going to be asked all these stupid questions that are out there to get them or they're going to be twisted like usually the media does. They're real sincere and honest questions that I'm curious about as a person. And I just want to bring value not only to their story, but also to the people that are listening. That's really my my heart's desire. I, I don't go out there every single day um, and, and try and tear people down because I don't believe that is, that is the right way to go about life. But to answer your question more specifically, um, I, <laughs> I, I love what I do. That's the honest answer. I love it. And I wouldn't change anything for the world. Um, whether or not this is the right me, the the right platform, the right way to do it, as opposed to other ones, it's what's working at the moment. It's what uh, I, I believe that I have been blessed with this space and time. And I don't know if it's going to change over the years, but until I, I get confirmation that it does change or my life takes on a completely new direction, which I'm also excited about, I will continue to do the story box for as long as it's humanly possible. And as long as I'm still alive and I'm still passionate about what I do and sharing stories, I'll just continue to share stories. And, um, yeah, that's, that's really it, to be honest.
0: Um, it's one thing to put out a heap of content as you do. It's another thing entirely to, to build an audience around that. What do you think you do different to others that maybe haven't had the cut through? What are you doing that's draw, drawing people in?
1: Well, it's really about community, um, and once again, just being vulnerable enough and courageous enough to share those inner demons that you have struggled with, and what we don't often we don't understand because of, oftentimes we think that it's too personal to share. We don't want our Kind of like our dirty laundry out in, out in the open, but I don't mind. Now I don't. I'm not ashamed of any of the things that I have done or I have been through, because it forms part of who I am. And I think that people want that permission. They want that uh, that sincereness because they they're missing it all over life, like social media or the media. And even our education system has conditioned a lot of people to hide and and shy away from sharing their truth. And I I think that what I, I don't really know, so to say, so to speak, sorry, of what I do specifically differently. But what I know is that I have that desire to help people through my vulnerable side. And I think people are craving that, and I've heard a lot of other people tell me that. That's what I do differently, and and they've said that I do it well, and I hope that I do it well. Like that's that's really what I desire is to. That's yeah. That's how I help. Um, and if I stop helping, then I stop living in my purpose, and then I stop, and then I become stuck, and I don't want to be stuck. I like to say that I I am the eagle. I wasn't designed or made for the ground. I was designed for the air, to soar. And that's what I will continue to do in my life is soar above uh, the clouds. And when I'm faced with difficult obstacles in my life, I will just push through it.
0: Do you think that social media has played a part in amplifying this need to put on a brave face you know, the the perfect Instagram feed, for example, where you only see the, you know, people's highlights, makes it quite difficult for those that are struggling and those that are perhaps a little vulnerable and see those perfect lives, well, seemingly perfect lives anyway, and compare themselves against people's highlight reels and then, you know, spiral into perhaps a little bit more sadness because of that. Is that feeding this need for the perfect life do you think and and are we on a you know a track of doom and despair if we continue this way and therefore you know podcasts like yours where all of those things you know can come out and people are vulnerable on your podcast and and you can be vulnerable as well sort of makes it more real makes it more authentic makes it something that people can assimilate to and understand and and feel part of do you think uh, society needs to sort of really think about what they are sharing out there?
1: I totally agree with you. They, social media, has it's a good thing and it's also a bad thing. It's a tool. We've used it oftentimes because the human condition is often, I, I want to compare. I don't have this, so I'm going to equate that to being not worth enough in society. I'm not worth this person's time. I'm not worth this person's, uh, yeah, anything. And we look at social media and the lives that people have portrayed and we think their life, they've got it made, they're, they're perfect. But what we don't understand is there's no such thing as a perfect life at all. So stop thinking that there is. There is only a, a life that you can live that is fulfilling to you. And how you get there is not allowing all the negativity on social media. And I'm, I know it's, it's hard but guess what? Comparison is easy. The ones that say, I don't want to compare. I don't want to judge. I don't want to do all that sort of stuff. That's for the strong people, the ones that actually want to live a fulfilled life. And I feel like, yes, society has conditioned a lot of people to just be followers of that. And you know, that's, that's what it is. You follow someone for what you like on, on their, on their platform. And if you don't like it, you don't follow them. So what kind of message is that sending to people? You know, It's removing the relationship base of, of a human being and saying, you're going to be in my corner because you're following me on social media. And the more followers you have, the better I am. And that's the culture that we have created. I mean, the blue tick, for example, you're verified. It means suddenly you're more worth than someone else that doesn't have that blue tick. So so many people, I, and I, I speak to so many people about this as well, they're striving for that blue tick. All they want is that blue tick, and I'm I'm in the same boat because I'm in a, an industry where you've got to have those social media followers. Because if that if that doesn't show up for you, then why should I give up my time? Because I'm so special, I'm so like this and that that you know my time's valuable, and I totally get that. But what makes me and I've looked at this a number of ways. Um, If I know that it'd be so much easier for me and the Storybox to grow if I had a massive social media following, I know it'd be that easy because they're looking at it and they're looking at, oh, promotion. I want that. I want people to, to follow me. I want more audience, right? But that's not what it's about for me. I don't care how many followers I got on social media. What you see on my social media is what you get. That's me in real life. That is me being authentic. And what people have got to understand is that uh, you have to show up on social media the same way you show up in real life. There is no difference. But what people do is they show up differently. They put on a face. They create a mask for the sake of follow followers. And that is the wrong way to live. That is a, an unhealthy way to live. And the reason why we have so many issues with, with mental health is that's one of the biggest reasons uh, social media, um, was, you know, an exciting thing for a lot of people, but now it's just gone down the drain because a lot of people have used it the wrong way. So yes, I definitely agree that social media has played. It's a plague. Uh, I'm not totally against it. I'm against how people use it. Um, but yeah, hopefully that answered your question. Uh,
0: absolutely. Um, it is a difficult thing, so it is finding that right balance, right? Like people don't just want to see you know necessarily your, your best life, but they don't necessarily want to see you you know eating your dinner or or having a bad day ju- just entirely. But I think what you've described there and, and if correct me if I'm wrong, but if, if you can show everything about you, if you can show your balanced life, the authentic you, Then people actually are drawn into that and um, actually want to be a a part of that because it's more like their life as well. And I think, I I do think people are getting a little bit sick of seeing the highlight reel. And then because it's depressing, (laughs) it's supposed to, to some degree, it should be there to sort of inspire you. But at the same time, it's depressing because it often feels like, you know, a hurdle too high. To, to be able to attain that kind of, you know, brilliance, um, you know, even though most of it is, is a masked uh, brilliance, not, not the true authentic self. What do you think podcasting has done for you and your personal brand? Has it, you know, has it made you money? Has it opened doors? Has it enabled opportunity? What's it, what's it doing for you from a personal brand perspective?
1: So before I answer that question, I do want to also tie off a social media thing that I didn't mention. You're at the hands of big tech and algorithms. They decide how much engagement you have. So depending on like, how many followers you've got well, and how many uh, what the algorithm says based around your content, so what you decide to share, whether it's authentic or whether it's fake, whatever it is. And all those filters and making it stand out from the crowd, which is what they all teach you to do to get that organic growth or whether you, whether or not you pump money into it, you're just feeding the machine. Uh, that all depends. You're at the hands of really the algorithm. And, and I've noticed that with even my own Instagram account that it's it's gone down considerably. And I'm like, what the heck is going on here? But I'm not going to allow it to take away my joy, take away how I show up still in the world for the sake of an algorithm that tells me that if I don't uh, post this particular thing that the, the platform likes, then people won't like it as well. I'm not based around the how many likes I get. I don't really care. doesn't matter. As long as I am showing up in the best authentic version of myself and I'm being wise with what I am posting as well, I'm very careful about that while obviously being true to me, then I, I honestly believe that I will be okay. I'll live a, a life that I want to live and I won't be at the service or of the, the beast, so to speak. Um, but to answer, to answer your question, it hasn't, I don't look at it as a, a monetary kind of thing. It's more about the opportunities that it's opened up for me. Opportunities to speak with people that I never thought I'd be able to speak to remotely when I was, when I was growing up people that I have idolized, or I shouldn't say idolized, the ones that I have known about and the ones that have, have changed my life, authors such as Mitch Albom, who I had the opportunity to speak to the other day. I mean, people like that, being able to have access to them and ask them questions, sure, I'm not perfect, sure, I stuff up and make mistakes, but that's part of being human. That is part of, of living this, this journey. And, and go along for the ride because you're going to get either a number of things. You can, you can get opportunities, you can get money, you can get um, all, all these areas that can come about with just an idea. But for me, it's not about fame. It's not about notoriety. It's not about me building my own personal brand, although that's what a lot of people have told me to do. It's just about J Phantom is J Phantom. Look at, his life and what he has done. He's a regular guy from Sydney, Australia, who tries his very best to help people. That's the truth. And when I wrote that bio, I meant every word because that's that's the truth of who I am. And I, yeah, sure, I make mistakes, but like I was saying, it's part of part of being a human. And don't ever be afraid of that either. Live it, embrace it, because the failure is going to make you better. It's going to make you stronger, and it's going to once again, give you the wind beneath your wings so you can soar in your life.
0: Jay, make sure you keep being you mate, because uh, you're an inspiration. You're doing a fantastic job. You're wise beyond your years. um, And I I do feel that authenticity. I'm drawn into it. Um, I'll be a fan of yours for life. So keep up what you're doing um, because you're an awesome version of you. So, Whatever you're doing, it's working. Um, I have to ask, though, how do you manage to get such big names to say yes to to appearing on your podcast?
1: <laughs> it is the million-dollar question, uh-huh. isn't it? <laughs> it? It is. <laughs> everyone everyone is curious about this, and I have no doubt. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't – yeah, I understand why why they're curious, especially the ones that are – you know, just starting out, I mean, it, it seems like this, this grand thing, you know, I want them to, you know, um, and to be honest with you, I didn't want them to start off with, like I was just like, no way, I don't even have an audience, I got nothing, so no way are they going to even say yes to me. They didn't stop me from asking, I, I kept on asking and a lot of the people that you see on my show today are actually the ones that said no to me from the very beginning. They, and that is fine because I understand that their time is valuable. They have a lot of things going on. There's a lot of podcasting, unfortunately, but fortunately as well is a heavily saturated industry. There's like new thousands of podcasts being introduced every single day. And depending on the time that you get in, depending on your audience level, all that stuff, Uh, dictates whether or not you're going to be quite successful and whether or not these guests are going to want to be on your show. Uh, But I had to build up to these people. I had to um, obviously be smart about it, but I, I was, there's no really one way that I can give to your audience or even you jewels and say, this is going to no doubt work for you because it worked for me. So what's to say that it won't work for you too, you know, but I just, I, I built up on it. It was a process. And uh, secondly, it was being persistent, not giving up and saying, look, if, if you say no to me now, what's to say that you're going to say no to me six months down the track? I just, I, I, and there's still a lot of people that haven't said yes to me, by the way. And for whatever reason that is, that's still okay. You know, I'm, I'm going to continue building the show as, as much as I possibly can. Um, now I am in the, in the stage where I'm being pitched where as before, uh, I was pitching out <laughs> a lot. And I still do a lot of pitching myself, but nowadays I do have those relationships, which is key by the way, keeping those relationships going. But it's not about, hey, a, um, a, what can I take from you? It's how can I serve you? There's a difference of mindset there. So and I think a lot of my guests saw that. And I can't really speak to them, but for me, I I just wanted to help them. And going back to the authenticity aspect, they didn't feel like I was there to do them harm or do their brand harm, do any of their work harm. They saw that there was this young guy that was interested in their story, wanted to unbox it. There was the interesting uh, twist there. They liked the idea of unboxing uh, because it hasn't really been done before and asking them questions that they'd never really been asked before. So that was really, uh, I guess, how it all just kept on going and, and one person led to another person and another person and then uh, I was, once again, blessed enough to get, sorry, those big names that you read out in the introduction. So hopefully that helped answer your question in a roundabout way.
0: Uh, it does. Thank you. Um, I've had a, a really good time. Chatting with you today, Jay. And I have a final question that I like to ask everybody as you do. Uh, it's a little bit different. Um, if somebody gave you a million dollars to pick your brain, but you only had a few minutes to impart your knowledge or your wisdom, what might that sound like? And you can go anywhere with
1: this. So they gave me a million dollars to impart my wisdom to them.
0: Yes, but you only had a few minutes. What might you say?
1: Well, firstly, I give them back the million dollars and say, I'm not going to take your money for imparting knowledge and wisdom that is no doubt going to help you because that would be not being true to me because it's never been about money for me. But secondly, I would say uh, a number of things. Firstly, number one, God is real. Uh, He saved my life on a number of occasions. He has given me the best story ever to share. Uh, he has I owe, I owe him nothing and he owes me everything. So believe that. Secondly, I will say be persistent to remain consistent of the things that you want because persistence really is the key to living one of the keys I believe to living a healthy, happy, joyful and and if you want to use the word successful life uh, one that is fulfilling um, for you. And thirdly, I will say be kind. Be kind and generous. I mean, imagine the kind of world that we would live in if everyone just stopped with their, their pride, with their ego, and took themselves down from their own pedestals for a second and just said, I believe in you too. Here is just being kind to one another. We live in a world where there is so much injustice, so much unkind people. There is a lot of hate going on, but I really believe if we can choose, and it is ultimately a choice to number one, love, number two, be kind, and number three, forgive. We need to arrive at the place of forgiveness daily to, to show up in this world in a positive way because we've got enough negativity already. Why add more? I mean, everyone's got that choice, right? I have it. You have it but i choose every single day because i want to be a an effective and a positive leader one that leads people the right way one that shows them that you can overcome difficult challenges one that can show them the best life possible and i like to call my my life is the path of an eagle you can you can achieve great things if you only first believe that you can because guess what believing is half the battle
0: jay i think that's the best response to that question i've ever had on this podcast as few as there have been um thank you for that thank you for being you thank you for appearing on the podcast it's been an absolute pleasure and an honor I hope that you continue to do your podcasting for as long as you possibly can, if not in that format, in other formats, because I think you've got great talent. Uh, you've got interesting stories to tell and to explore with others. Please keep doing what you're doing. You've got a fan from me for, for life. I hope others will join your journey and and listen and enjoy, because I know I have. Thank you again. Thank you so much for being here. And hopefully we can remain friends too.
1: Definitely, my friend. Thank you so much for waiting as well. And thank you for being persistent and following up. Not many people do. So appreciate you you waiting for me to, and it was worth it, man. Like I hope you felt like it was worth your time as well. And, and thank you for, for giving me this chance to share my story. Appreciate you, man.
0: You bet. Thanks, bud. I can't tell you how much I enjoyed that interview with Jay Phantom. He's an absolute pleasure to talk to. He's an inspiration. He's wise, well beyond his years, and he continues to grow every single day. And I love what he does. Check him out on the Storybox podcast where you get your favorite podcasts. It's well worth your time. They're great interviews. I can't wait to bring you the next episode. Much love chat soon.